Hello. <laughs> do you know what? what you bless you. Do you know what? I last. Because I have to set like five alarms, and I said last night, do you know what? I bet I sleep through this, these alarms, and I didn't, and then. <laughs> and I did. And you did. God. Were you tired, darling? You had a long, long one yesterday. Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> if I don't set the alarm, I'll probably, like, I would sleep till half past 10 or 11 o'clock. <laughs> So here we are. Here we are. To be fair, I've had a good scroll through Facebook, so it's not been a complete waste. Oh, no, but we could have been nearly finished by now, and then you'd be going to sleep. <laughs> no, I'm all right. I finished at um, midnight yesterday, so it wasn't too bad. So we're all... Oh, okay. So we've got a bit more sleep. We've got one of those um, Emma mattresses as well. They're all right. Oh, yeah, yeah. Really, really good sleep on those. If... I'm not too sure about the whole hybrid thing. It's like half spring, half um, yeah. memory yeah. foam. But yeah, highly recommended if you've got a bit of a bad back. Well, for for how many years? Uh, 30-something years I've slept on a waterbed. Are they all right, those things? Oh, God. <laughs> You're not like sloshing hit... about on it? No, no. That's like that's when they first kind of came into being I think there was just like a single kind of bubble if you like and yeah. it just had water in it and yeah you probably did but they've got all these layers of stuff inside called baffles and they just stable like they're big sheets of stuff and it just kind of stabilizes it all but Andrew's absolutely converted it as well. He he loves it. They're great. Do you have to fill it up yourself or is it already in in the mattress? No, no, you you have to fill it up yourself with water. Um the the I suppose one of the minuses I can't really think of it. <laughs> you can't once the bed's filled up you can't move it. That's probably the only thing. And it's a pain in the ass when you move house because you have to have mm-hmm. it completely deconstructed <laughs> and then have someone um, put it together again. Well, you have but to physically get somebody out to do it. Yes, it's quite, if you don't kind of fill it correctly and get it all sort of squared in mm. the right position, it's just a bit rubbish. But um, <laughs> the, biggest plus, the biggest plus is they're always warm. Never get into a cold bed. Lovely. Unless you, unless you've got a zip on your uh, pajamas, maybe and it pops. <laughs> Might be an Jesus, issue. what sort of pajamas do you need? <laughs> Combat. <laughs> <laughs> um, what's on the agenda? So very very quickly, um, they're yeah. cracking down on the online safety and online protection bill, which. You'd think probably sounds a little bit like stopping kids seeing stuff that they shouldn't be online, but it's not. It's about what you can and can't talk about online. Um, oh, fuck's the, sake. They're cracking down a little bit. Es- essentially, the, the government are asking big tech companies to um, squash down on people talking about certain things. So we might just have to mind 
the topics <laughs> that we talk about. Um, I might have to knock a few of them on the head because um, we're not the, the, we're not hidden behind a paywall, so we're at the mercy of yeah. um, big companies, really. Does it sort of say specifically what topics? Not really. I think it's more the, the, the major running ones are things like um, climate change, um, COVID, that'll be coming back round now that the um, winter's coming back in, um, stuff like gender. I think that the issue with it is if if you perceive somebody to be doing you damage online, you can now press charges against them basically it started originally a few years ago it was actually katie hopkins that had um a situation with her that had stemmed the bill in the first place for online for being able to get people into trouble for (laughs) for saying things um and it's kind of stemmed from there but they're really cracking down on it now i think um i can't remember who who they've just come after somebody recently I can't remember who it is because they've moved over to Rumble. I don't. I've I've heard of it, but I've never used it. Right. Um, but that's a, a paywall. I think you've got to pay to be on it, and the people that listen to you are on um, tariffs, if you like. So they they pay to be a part of that yeah. group, and I don't really want to do that at the minute. So we'll just have to. Know. I might not be. We might not be able to talk about everything. There might be some big stories that pop up that we might have to skip over because um, I don't really fancy getting a, a lashing. <laughs> From the powers that be, not really, no. But jeez, I, I, I just I would have thought that there was more important things to crack down than someone talking about COVID. Well, you would have thought so, wouldn't you? <laughs> I'm sure there's other stuff on there, um, but the main ones that have been highlighted in all the um, the articles when people have taken snippets of the the policies, it, it's mainly those those top oh. topics that are the key focus. So yeah. Just be careful, everybody, what you say online now, because um, it's supposedly being monitored with the um, big tech corporations working on behalf of the com- uh, the government, just to make sure nobody's causing offence or saying anything that's not uh, quote unquote true. So yeah, <laughs> I can't remember how they phrase it, but essentially one of the thing was one of the things, and it was basically saying that. Um, mainstream media are the um the ones that speak the truth and anything that's online or independent should be uh, approached with caution <laughs> which is hilarious considering that mainstream media gets stuff wrong quite a lot but anyhow indeed anyway yeah have you heard of a woman called lucy edwards Lucy Edwards, no. What's she done? I just wanted to mention it because I thought, you know, we're always a bit gloomy and morbid. So. Um, she's a blind TikToker. I mean, I've not seen her on TikTok. I think TikTok's diabolical and people that are on it are more than likely mentally ill and need help and it's the uh, downfall <laughs> of society. However, um, <laughs> she makes her, her money by visiting different places and she kind of explains on videos how she deals with just day-to-day tasks as a blind person so like crossing roads in different countries yeah so she's just got married and the video's dead cute bless her she got all her guests to put blindfolds on through the entire i think i've seen a bit of that you've seen that one i didn't know a name but anyway go on yep I just thought it was really cute. <laughs> it's like, it's really, a really nice thing to. I think I didn't watch the entire thing. 
because um, it went on for quite a while. But by the looks of it, they set up audio systems that made the sound a bit more 3D so they could have the full experience of what it was like for her as a blind person going down the aisle and experiencing the uh, the wedding. I, wonder, I just thought it was a nice little thing. Um, I wonder if everybody who was a guest at the wedding, did they know that was going to happen or did she just pull a complete surprise and just slap blindfolds on her? Was it mentioned in the invitation or not? <laughs> I wonder. She'd have had to, surely. You can't just, well, I suppose you could just throw it on people as they were walking through the door. Here's, your oh. bo- here's a box of confetti and a blindfold. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Good on her. Good on her. It's worth a watch if anyone's not seen that. It's um, a nice little bit. I quite like it. There's a gay couple that are really cute as well, and one of them's, um, he's blind. I think he's called Math. Matthew's the older one, and then there's, um, I think it's Paul the blind one, and they do similar things. They kind of TikTok video, little bit yeah. of life and how they cope with stuff and uh, manage together as a couple. It's just nice to make sure warm and fuzzy inside. And <laughs> it's just a nice, well, nice thing. That's, to... a good, that's, a, that's a good thing to be putting out there because who who would who would ever give a second thought about what it's like for someone who's blind or whatever. Well, you wouldn't really. I mean, cause it, I mean I, I'm presuming that Lucy Edwards is fully blind, but the um, the gay couple, he's not 100% blind. I can't remember. I can't pronounce the condition he's got, but it's basically mm. his vision's about 5%, so it's like looking through a straw. Um, yeah. So he goes into a lot of, you know, just because somebody says they're blind doesn't mean they're 100% blind. Um, there's different yeah. kind of spectrums of it and it's just it's not really anything that you think about is it no did he have macular degeneration i wonder i can't remember i'll send you one of his um short videos mm. they always mention it at the beginning um it always start i'm sure that it always starts with my husband's blind and this is what we yeah. do on blah blah yeah um, yeah but yeah they're really, they're a really nice little couple to watch and it's educational as well <laughs> yeah. yeah absolutely but yeah good on him Good on them. So that's some cheerier, cheerier news for the day. Because <laughs> to be honest, I don't think there's been any main news. Wales has gone to twenty miles per hour, haven't they? That's probably the the biggest one. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Andrew and I were talking about that the other day. Uh, what do you think on that? Because it's that's not fast at all, is it? Even on a slow road, it's not. <laughs> well, no, because we were in the car when we were talking about it, and it like slowed down to twenty, and it's like. Pretty bloody slow. Yeah. <laughs> but I know that I know that for every like couple of miles an hour that you reduce your your speed, it does reduce the um, severity and mortality if, if you have a collision. Yes, very true. Yeah. And and I'm assuming that that was their primary reason for doing it. And what have they spe- specified? It's everywhere, isn't it? Everywhere it's thirty. Now you have to do twenty. Yeah, because they've they've put up the new twenty signs, but in a lot of places they've not taken down the old speed signs. So when you're going down a lot of the roads, there's a lot of pictures being put on social media where it'll be like there's a fifty and a twenty sign on yeah. the, next to each other, and same with the thirties. Um, yeah. But as far as I'm aware, it's the entire entirety of Wales. It's now twenty miles an hour. And and was was it specifically to reduce? 
I've read, you know, uh, I've read two. One of them was definitely to reduce um, fatalities in accidents, and then the other one, of course, was the the green agenda. Though I always thought if you slowed the car down, it was supposed to give out more emissions than what it would be if it was going faster. But I'm not a driver, I, so. not, yeah, yeah. I don't know about that, but mm. but we'll see. We'll see what happens because. I don't know. They've changed some of ours over here. What was it? Our motorways that have changed speeds. Have I made that up? I could have made that up actually. Uh, not since I was on one. But no. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't mean anything. I could have made that. Up. There's definitely been a few um, major roads up here that have been reduced in speed, not to twenty, not that bad. Mm. But, um... well, there was a huge section of the M1, like across a couple of junctions that was 50 for a really long time because mm. um, they were doing like major, major roadworks and the corresponding decrease in serious accidents and fatalities was quite marked. Um, you know, there's, I don't think anyone can deny that speed is one of the biggest factors in how bad an accident mm. is. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I've, I've kind of seen firsthand what can happen to a person when they're in a high-speed mm. uh, accident of some description. It's not nice. Um, but then again, people just drive, some people just drive like dickheads as well, don't they? Like it's... Oh, big, it's, big time. <laughs> it's, it's what some people do that all of us are... Excuse me. All of us are um, kind of, you know, when stuff like this happens and they decrease the speed and stuff, it's because of some people, not everybody. But there's some dickheads out there, that's for sure. On both oh, ends as well. Like, there's a, I mean, it's, I'm sure it's not everywhere, but there's definitely a lot of, especially on the motorways up here, there's a lot of too slow of a driver that you're thinking, do you know what, you're probably going to kill somebody going that slow on a motorway. <laughs> it's, uh... Yes, and I, th- I, think, I think when people do that, other people get impatient and mm-hmm. that causes them to drive in yeah. a certain fashion because they're frustrated and pissed off too. Um, I mean, I was going along a road a couple of days ago and the speed limit was 40 and the person was doing 20. But you just you just want to sort of say to them, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> just push your foot down. Just try it and see how it goes. See how you feel. There was this huge queue of cars behind this car, but it just poodled along at 20. <laughs> totally oblivious. I don't know. It would have been a little old deer thinking, do you know what? Everyone's in a rush these days. <laughs> Might have been a little no old man. Yeah. Might have been a little old man. <laughs> Not necessarily a woman. <laughs> Had to call you out on that, sorry. <laughs> to be fair, we swear at um, and curse out drivers quite a lot. And nine out of ten, it is men more than it is <laughs> than it is women that are causing issues. And Nissan drivers. Nissan? Nissan I, drivers. I find, yeah. I find young men driving, is it Leon? Yes, I think so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they seem to be the worst offenders across the board that I've seen. <laughs> Jeez. But they're usually just 
I found that um, tailgating is a national pastime here. Mm-hmm. It is, yeah. Oh. Sorry, Andrew just come in to say goodbye. Bye. Oh, bless him. Hello. <laughs> goodbye. <laughs> and I just asked him for a cup of tea and he's just given me a look that probably render me dead. That would have popped the bed. <laughs> that did. That, yes. <laughs> Not in a nice way. <laughs> I don't know if I'll get a cup of tea or not. <laughs> anyway. Hey, dear. Let me have a look. We have got a couple of questions. Um, oh, good. Let's start with... Rachel, if either of you could bring anything back or add anything into today's schools class-wise, what would it be? What a good question. I like that. What do you think? Well, I don't really know what um, physical education is like now at school, um, but I definitely would be up for the idea of the old 1960s style mandatory fitness sessions that they used to do in schools. Um, <laughs> really? Yeah, I think I just think it's so imp- just so important just to get that mindset of. Um, keeping in shape especially the state of i know it's not all kids but when you look around at kids especially in the in the holidays when they're walking around like there's a, there's a few too many that are a bit a bit chunky i think that could do with um a better lifestyle but i think more importantly or just equally as importantly is elocution lessons and how to communicate with people yeah <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I think people would do so much better in life if they knew just how to communicate properly with people. Like even for, for jobs and things like that, I'd have loved something like that. That would have done me the world of good, having someone like that at school. Just a bit of manners, punctuations, P's and Q's, how to pronounce yeah. things properly, how to hold down a decent conversation. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah that, they'd probably that, be mine too. Would, yeah, like, like you say, applying for jobs and things like that. That would stand in good stead, wouldn't it? Yeah, I just. I would. The, the first thing that comes to my mind is two two things. Um, one of them kind of like overlaps with what you said, but the, I think the first thing is just like general life skills, like whether it's managing your money or how to change a tire or uh, mm. how, how to. Not necessarily change a tie, but um, just manage, yeah, managing maybe as, as people sort of got closer to leaving school, you know, things like bank accounts, credit cards, things like that that you can easily get in over mm. your head with if you're not if you're not sensible or you don't know how to manage them, and. And the and the other thing that I really feel very very kind of strongly about is that I think it would be really useful if people learnt, and this is a skill that you have to learn. It mm. doesn't come naturally to, it's very rare if it does come natural. Some how to listen to someone properly. Yes. Yeah. Because it's it's something that's mostly 
you have to learn. It doesn't come naturally to people. Um, oh, God, I've actually got a cup of tea. <laughs> Listening works. <laughs> <laughs> Reading visual cues. <laughs> it is. I've just got another dirty look. <laughs> I might be dead when you come back. <laughs> but this is here. Money, I agree with. Um, I never thought of that actually, but yeah, people getting into debt and stuff—it'll probably be. Um, yeah. Because I think even stuff like get like getting a getting a mortgage and stuff like mm. that's like you just kind of like wing it because you don't really know what you're doing. Oh, not a clue. Even I still Google that now and how all that works. Yeah, yeah. Or how like how to even like how to set up a bank account or yeah, you know. Just practical life things. Stuff that you're actually going to use rather than... Uh... <laughs> I mean, I, I've never kind of said that, you know, things things that you learn in school are all useless because, okay, you don't... For example, I love Shakespeare and I love it because I did it in school. Mm. Um, okay, so it doesn't... It's not a life school that I use every day, but it's... It's just kind of part of the bigger picture of having a rounded kind of education, if you like. Yes, yeah. Um, it doesn't have to be Shakespeare. I'm just saying, you know, you do kind of need some sort of um, contact, if you like, for want of a better word, with just, you know, a bit of art, a bit of literature, a bit of those things. Just as part of a, a, a balanced education. But there's certainly things I think people should learn in, could be learning in school. Um, even just stuff about, I, I don't know, do, do most schools have sex education now? I wouldn't know. I think it's very different to what me and you had. <laughs> well, I, I, didn't get, I didn't get any. <clears throat> Did you not have any at all? No, none, nothing. No. Um, the closest we got to anything that was vaguely useful was all the girls did cooking and all the boys did woodwork. Pathetic. Okay, that would make sense in the context of the time period then, really, because I'd imagine, was that kind of like the no sex before marriage sort of a thing? Uh, well, it was... It certainly wasn't sort of accepted as how it was today. Yeah, like it's not something you you were supposed to be doing just willy-nilly. At, no, and there certainly wasn't anything about, um, you know, the, well, apart from there wasn't anything about the nuts and bolts of don't get pregnant or anything yeah. like that, but there wasn't anything about the, the relationship side of it either. Um, So, yeah, and I don't really know what... Do they just teach, like, nuts and bolts these days in schools? Or do they get into the emotional part of relating as well, I wonder? I think they do now. Um, I'm not saying that it's all schools, but certainly the ones that have been more vocal, they get into the whole, there's over 100 genders and... This is this is homosexuality. This is bisexuality. This, do you know what I mean? Like they go into all the different. Um, good, good. 
into the the nuts and bolts, as you say, <laughs> the emotional stuff. I don't, it's not. I don't think it's anything like what I had at school. It was literally here's a banana. This is how you put a condom on. Done. Dusted. If you want to go in the next room to learn about periods, you can. If not, do your work. Um, go in the next room. What? What was that? Because we were bro, we had um, the girls stayed in our form room and watched stuff on periods, and then we went into a different one for the uh, well, male genitalia. Learned how to not make a baby. Yes, not that I remembered any of it, but <laughs> it was it was still the old uh, VHS tape put into the television. And yeah, the teacher just went yeah. back to the desk and waited for it to finish, sort of a thing. Um, one would hope that now everybody learned about periods, not just the girls. They got to do surely, surely that's been it'd be a bit outdated, wouldn't it, if it wasn't a a joint. A joint. Yeah, yeah. You would hope that it was uh, everyone included in that. Interesting. If anyone's got any uh, teenage kids, <laughs> let us know what yeah. they're doing in school. <laughs> yeah, yeah that, that was, that's a really good question. I like that. Thank you. Bring back some of the older stuff, I think. I think it's uh, gone to waste on some stuff. Mm. Um, good old Ellie's back. Ask Anita if you you fucking ask Anita. Ask Anita. Ask Anita. <laughs> ask Anita. I'm joking. Ask Anita if she could bring one thing from Australian culture into British culture. What would it be and why? God, do I have to just choose one? Best of five. <laughs> I mean, I'm tempted. To, I'm tempted to kind of be superficial and just say, make sure every supermarket stops stocks Tim Tams. <laughs> Explain <laughs> those, please. I don't know what they're Oh, right. <laughs> imagine, imagine an orgasm, then make it chocolate and put in a packet. There you go. That good. <laughs> They are the epitome of chocolate biscuits and no to anybody out there who thinks penguins come anywhere near them because <laughs> they, they're like the poor relative. I'm sorry, they just don't stack up. Um, yeah, selfishly, that's the first thing that came to my mind. <laughs> but, uh, um, oh, I found them, is it? Um... That's Amazon though. Nineteen pound for a box of four. Is that really expensive? Uh they're about they're about like two or three pounds a packet. Because okay. I had a look obviously when I was home last time because I may have purchased some and eaten them all. Um yeah, it's quite I mean, I've looked at there's other there's other food that I sort of need to have as well and like Vegemite but when you buy Vegemite and Milo and Tim Tams online it's yeah obviously it's really expensive but then it's equally (laughs) expensive to have it sent from Australia (laughs) 
But as as far as as far as the culture, um, that's a really tricky question because so much of it is dictated by our physical surroundings, our mm-hmm. our weather and stuff. Um, I don't know, maybe. And again, there's other things here that are getting better, um, like. The coffee kind of culture, yeah, it's still it's still not the same as it is in Australia, but it's getting it's getting better here, thank goodness. Um, and then sort of like the easygoingness and the don't give a shit. Maybe that, maybe maybe having things a little bit more easygoing, because mm. it's certainly like that in Australia. It's like oh yeah. Okay, We're whatever. very uptight in the UK, aren't we, for the most part? Um, tend to be, yeah. Very English. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, that like every culture's got its kind of typical, you know, uh, characteristics. You know, Italians are sort of, you know, hot-headed and, you mm. know, shout at everybody and chaotic drivers and stuff and yeah, like Australia's sort of like laid back. So yeah, maybe a bit of that would be nice. Not not to take away from the Englishness of everything, because that's what this country is. There's I don't I don't really know what UK culture is to be honest. <laughs> we don't like talking about finances. <laughs> Very prude. I don't know. I think and and the. I find the queuing thing both Ugh. kind of quaint and funny, but also good in a way. Because nothing pisses you off more than someone pushing into the queue <laughs> when you're waiting to get something. But that sort of just doesn't happen here, really, does it? Not not particularly, no. I think no, the only, no. only place that we've got it here, or we used to have it, I've not been in one phase, used to be the goddamn post office. They're the queues in there used to be horrendous back in the uh, late 90s, early 2000s. Mm. But I suppose with a lot of stuff sort of going online, that kind of took that away a little yeah. bit, I guess. I think the only place you're going to get that now is airports, isn't it, since travels and um, the delays and what strikes and whatnot are Well, the, at the airport they put those stupid fucking barrier things and you haven't got any choice. I hate them. Or the ones that wind on forever. Yes, <laughs> there's, yes. there's only you and a handful of other people and you've spent yeah, half an hour going around these fucking sites. Yes, you've just done five more five I mean five <laughs> times more five times more step. Maybe it's just to get your step count up, I don't know. <laughs> it's probably more to be an irritant than it's uh Yeah. I mean I they're therefore in inverted commas crowd control. <laughs> Yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, there's tons of people. It's it it does kind of, you know, you can understand it. But when there's, like you say, when there's a handful of people, it's just like, oh, I just want to duck under all of these. Good old anyway. airports. <coughs> uh, Good question. Thank you. Etsy do Tim Tams as well for quite cheap. There's a woman selling them on there for a, a reasonable price. Oh. So I'd have thought. Well, I'm not actually been in for a while. B&M get a lot of um, Australian confectionery sent over, you know. Well, there's these other little delights that I absolutely love. They're called 
cherry ripes, the chocolate bar. Mm. And once I found them in B&M, because I literally hadn't had one for years and they're one of my favourite things, so um, I did buy a number of them. But then I just ate them, so. (laughs) (laughs) didn't last long. No, no. Their chocolate bars are a lot um, thicker than ours as well, I've noticed, from Australia. Like oh really? We, yeah, we've we've gone down to like them really thin, thirty percent less sugar. It's like well, it's not. You just put thirty percent less chocolate in the packet. Exactly. Yeah, they've just sort of shrunk in size. <laughs> um, and we have, we have a you know crunchies, the honeycomb covered in chocolate. Yes. Well, we have a different uh, version. They're called um. Oh, excuse me. They're called Violet Crumble Bars, and I don't know what... Oh, they're called Violet Crumble Bars because the papers, the wrapper is sort of purple foil, I suppose. But they're honeycomb covered in chocolate. But I don't know. If you had if you had a crunchy and it's all you'd ever eaten and then you had one of those, you might like a crunchy better because that's what you're used to. But, again, I think the Violet Crumble Bars are better. But crunchy will do in a pinch. <laughs> I didn't know they were similar, to be honest, because I've seen them a few times. There's somebody... Because um, at our work, everyone's named our online names in work are all after chocolate bars and we've got a violet crumbles my team uh, team leader um, oh really yeah but i didn't know it was similar to a um yeah a crunchy yeah. i would have given it a try yeah they're similar to crunchies but in my opinion just better but because yeah. that's the really. there we go ellie darling chocolate bars and chill the fuck out when we <laughs> Yes, there you go. Could have said that in, in one sentence, couldn't I? <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, Daniel, I have a job working in hospitality, and the one thing that really irks me is the constant exams and test modules the company make up and forces to do. Is there anything in your jobs that grate on you? Daily, Daniel, to be honest. <laughs> you've, probably got, you've probably got more on that list than me. I'd be a bit biased because we've gone from uh, my main job, we've gone from an independent company to um, a corporate company and they're just changing everything. Um, and they can they can say that it's uh, not, but to me it's quite evident that they're cutting back to save and make more money, which is a company, I guess, good yeah. on them, fine. You know, that's, yep. that's what a business is for. Um, but mm-hmm. with, with that comes... Um, it's like chaos and not a lot of people knowing what the hell they're doing. So in, in that sense, <laughs> I'd be a bit biased. But the one thing that really grates on me is the um, and the guy's lovely. If, any, if anyone's from work's listening, I've got no problem with the guy that does it. Um, but we've got in, essentially an, inclu- an inclusion officer. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. Yep. You know, he does a lot of stuff for well-being, great or for you know, for well-being and mental health and um, anxiety and whatnot. I think that's fantastic. Yeah. Um, yeah. They do meetings and get-togethers and talk about those things. Um, the stuff that just gets on my tits is, like, we had an email the other day about um, an inclusion chat and they're going to go over um, sex and homophobia and disabilities and gender and blah. I was thinking... Do you know what? If 
you're going to set something like that outside of a work environment, I'm all for it if people would feel more comfortable and educated being in groups like that. Um, mm. But in a workplace, I just think get get rid of it. All you need to know is when you're starting a job, we don't accept racism, we don't accept homophobia, we're not against anybody with disabilities. There you go, job done. Any issues, give us a call, get on with your job. I just don't see the need for these constant meetings about sexual orientation and everything else in the workplace. I just think, I just think it's unnecessary, really. Unless you're having an issue with it, then obviously it needs to be addressed. Yeah, there does, there does need to be stuff in place to be able to deal with those mm. issues if they if a person's confronted with that stuff. Mm, exactly, yeah, policies, have the policies in place. Yes. But I'd, yes. I'd imagine that the majority of, um, obviously there'll be some um, outliers, but the majority of workplaces and companies and businesses will have those policies in place anyway. Um, mm. I don't, it, it just comes across a little bit self-indulgent and... Um, what's the word? Just superfluous. Yeah, it's just I just think it's unnecessary. Get a grip. Just come into work. Do your job like everybody else. You know, you're not special. You're not different because you're a lesbian or you're gay or you're a different colour to the person sat next to you or you've got a set disability. Like if you need adjustments because of a disability, fine. Yes, you yeah. can get them. Yeah. Um, but yeah. from a work perspective, as part of a team. Just get on and do your job. Mm. But, yeah, yeah, that's my yeah. irk. I don't like these inclusion officers, and I know a lot of um, like, I think NHS have a lot of them now, don't they? Like inclusion officers and um, diversity officers. That's the other name for them as well. Yes, right. Mm. So yeah, that's that's my irk. <laughs> get rid of all those people in there. Just let just let everyone get on with the job, and if they've got an issue, go to HR. <laughs> yeah, uh, but. I mean, just coming from the complete opposite perspective of, mm -hmm. and, you know, admittedly this was a long time ago, but when you when you were subjected to stuff like workplace bullying and workplace harassment, um, it's an awfully, horribly lonely, mm -hmm. difficult place to be. And if there's not adequate stuff in place at your place of work then it doesn't get dealt with and you just like yeah you just I mean I I actually left uh moved to uh, left the department I was working and went to work somewhere else and one of the biggest reasons was because of the harassment I um was subjected to by one of the senior staff and there was multiple people who were subjected to that um and we went as individuals, but all at the same time went to HR mm. and lodged complaints and nothing happened. Nothing happened. So the mechanisms to be able to have that stuff dealt with need to, I know it's a separate thing from what you just said, but on yeah. the other side of it, that stuff needs to be in place and it needs to actually be effective. Um, Absolutely. Because in in my our particular scenario with this person, uh, it wasn't. It was just completely swept under the carpet and ignored. And I, it was one of the biggest reasons I actually left where I was working and went to another area. Anyway, 
the grit again. Well, <laughs> like always. Well, not really, because I still think issues along that line that you're talking about still exist are still going on. Um, I'm sure they'd, st yes, I'm sure there's places where that stuff, you know, racism, homophobia, all that kind of stuff, bullying, <laughs> sexual harassment are still happening every day in any number of places. Mm. Oh, that's what came out in the in the news this week. I don't know if you saw it about the the whole conversation about uh, sexual harassment uh, within the medical field. Did no, you... I didn't read that one, no. Yeah, it was just a thing that came out saying the culture is still alive and well within not just the NHS but the medical yeah. uh, hospitals, basically, they were talking about. Um, was yeah. that anything, was that specifically aimed at, say, within just the staff environment or patients and staff? Uh, it was talking about staff, yeah, staff. Um, you know, whether you're a female surgeon or a, mm. a a junior nurse or anything in between, you know, it's still very, very, very much everywhere. And, and still women are afraid of coming forward because of the impact it'll have on their, mm -hmm. on their job, on their work. Um, cause certainly the, you know, the, uh, the old boys' network yeah. <laughs> is yeah. very much alive and well in that field, as far as I can see. I wonder if it's just specifically um, the medical field, because it always seems to be the easiest one where your career can be ruined within a second. Mm. Mm. I think it would. This was generally. Um, talking just about the you know the the actual hospital yeah. environment um, I mean Jesus I experienced more than enough of it and I'm you know yeah I'm sure it's still going on to, well they were saying it is still very much going on today so it's come a long way but still a long way to go I think I wonder if um It's the power imbalance, maybe that. I mean, you're always going to have that in a work environment anyway. There's always going to be somebody on, on top. But I wonder if that's fuels it quite heavily, more than oh. anything else. And I think when you couple the the traditional thing of like it used to be that doctors were males and nurses mm. were females, so there's a double kind of thing there. There's the seniority, like the perception of a doctor is, in inverted commas, better yeah. than a nurse. Um, and they themselves, you know, in, in my experience, often hold that thing, that opinion, that attitude, and then the male and the female thing as well as the doctor-nurse thing. Um, but then it still, it still happens when, you know, obviously there's, I don't know, statistics, but what are the percentages of male versus female uh, doctors across the board? Ooh, I, I wonder what the percentages are. Percentage of male versus female. Just within, like, the doctor-specific field.
Oh, well, I don't understand that graph. (laughs) (laughs) At all. Oh, okay. Um, I mean, the the headline of the um, research is the proportion of female doctors has increased in all OECD countries over the past two years, but the specifics of what it's talking about and the graphs. Yeah, I'm not going to be able to def- <laughs> I can't decipher that. Don't know what's the answer. <laughs> no, I, no, I don't know. But, I mean, let's just, argument's sake, let's just say it's 50-50. Um, that's better than it used to be, but it still doesn't, I think it still wouldn't take away the thing of seniority, junior, mm-hmm. male, female. There's still going to be that that harassment. Just because there's more women doesn't mean the harassment stops. Oh, no, absolutely not. Yeah. There's yeah. one that's more UK-specific, which says 47% of doctors in the UK are female, with 59% okay, so of Not quite 50-50. Not quite, no. Interesting. 59% of those 47% are aged between 30 to 49. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. So, uh, because I couldn't have hazarded a guess on what the percentage was, but, oh, that's really interesting. That's that's all they've got on there that I can understand. Anyway, everything else is just jargon to me (laughs) but yeah not not quite 50 50 but uh Hmm. interesting good question good question um claire i've noticed recently on the back of buses while driving there is always an emphasis on riding the bus for being green and the same on food packaging do you ever stop and think about these things when traveling or purchasing items? No. <laughs> um, Not really, no. I do for orga- I do for organic. I do prefer mm. like organic eggs and stuff like that. And it's not a moral thing. I just think they taste better. Mm. Um, I do I do think about it when I'm like you know, I don't, I don't, I don't really, I try not to get stuff that's like single purchase packaging kind mm. of thing if I can. Like, I, I eat lots of diet jelly because I like it. Um, and I used to buy the little plastic pots and then I thought, well, no, I'm going to swap over to buying the packets of crystals Yeah. that you just make the whole thing of jelly um, in a bowl. Um, so yeah, little things like that I do pay attention to, and I do try and do better, and obviously recycling and stuff like that. But um, travel, not so much. I mean, yeah, I mostly well, I've got a car, so I I drive that to go to my job, um, but. It, I mean, it's very rare that I get a bus or a train, but I, I do. You know, with the plane, I think you can. Yeah, no, I don't know enough about it to comment. Um, it's not something. 
like well, that's the best way to phrase it. Like you would if you're thinking of going to work or going somewhere for the day, the first thing on your mind's not gonna be, Oh, Christ, how much CO two am I gonna use? Actually, Andrew, maybe we're better off getting the bus on this occasion. Like you I think everyone's well, the majority of people's thought processes, I need to get to here and this is and trying to organise the day rather than yeah, how much CO2 yeah. you're going to be using in that journey. I mean, it is everywhere now. Even Amazon packages have this was delivered by a van that's only kicked out so much CO2, blah, blah, blah. Mm. Um, but but I think that, like, I think, see that as a positive thing. It's like, well, every, every little bit mm. of effort that's put into all little areas, it, it, you know, it does, it does have an overall effect. Yeah. But I think you can, you know, something in my memory saying that when you buy, like, plane tickets, you can pay a bit extra to, like, offset the carbon emission. And I know I've done, I have done that in the past. Yes, you can, yeah. Yeah. Um, But that's my issue with it, though, is you're paying extra for it. (laughs) Surely it should be a cheaper option if they cared about it enough to make you want to use it for the uh, for the environment. That it should be the a little. Yeah, but I don't don't know how paying money kind of actually how it actually goes through the channels to actually make Mm. a difference. I don't know what actually happens when you do, but I have happily paid that before. but then I suppose, I, on the flip side, arguing against my own argument, you can say that about organic food. It's got less shite being put into it, but you're paying more for having less stuff in it, if that makes sense. Yeah, so. yeah, that that's kind of annoying, isn't it? But then I don't know, like, is the process of growing organic produce and, you know, having organic eggs and all that stuff, is does it cost more to actually do that? You know, if, 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 if my crop was, just say I grew potatoes for mm-hmm. a living, does it actually cost me more to grow them organically than not? And I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. But I do, I am puzzled why organic stuff appears to cost quite a bit more, but I don't know the reason. Well, I mean, I, mean, I, don't, I don't know fully. The two things that popped to mind would be possibly if you're not using pesticides, say on veg, to keep it organic, mm. then there must be something else, more work put in place to keep the yeah, veg yeah. to a higher quality without using chemicals, or they're making chemicals that are not that are a bit more organic rather than. Um, mm. Mm, yeah, I don't, and I don't synthetic. Know. Do you know what I mean? There's, there's got to be yeah, something do, there. Do, that's, yeah, um, yeah. The reason they use chemicals is to do certain things and protect protect fruit. So if they're taking that away, they've got to be doing something else to keep it to a high standard, surely. And and I mean, I think as well that you know how you can sort of get X Y Z produce sort of all year round, even when it's not in season. Mm. Um, I mean, surely that costs more because I know they put things in cold storage and yeah. do things to delay the ripening so that you can, those things are available when they're not in season. And 
so that would all cost more so why does organic stuff cost more and i don't yeah i don't know the answer that would be interesting to look at though or it could just be a case that it's a branding thing that it's a bit more higher class let's say having organic yeah i mean i know organic chickens cost a lot more than mm. your your uh, regular asda chook Hmm. I suppose suppose you could just go to a a butcher. I mean, in my mind, if you just go to a butcher's, I mean, it's probably, for the most part, a little bit cheaper than the supermarket, if not the same price, and it's probably actually going to be a better product than what you're buying in the supermarket. So and not and not packed in plastic. Yeah, absolutely. It's just there in a in a tray with them weird little plastic red and green leaves and. <laughs> <laughs> Makes it so aesthetically pleasing that green plastic, does. doesn't it? Absolutely pointless, but it looks good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, yeah, yeah, I can, I can, I can see what you're saying actually. Um, but if I was being completely honest, no, I, I don't particularly. Uh, mm. It doesn't have any sway in what I about. We do recycle here. We've got a. a big recycle bin in the house um mm. which i always argue with myself with anyway because i know at the i think it's more plastics more than anything um if you look underneath the the base of a plastic bottle for example there's um a symbol or a code number or a letter um yeah depending on what it is and it tells i think you if you can recycle it or not doesn't it yeah like and there's a very small amount that actually does get recycled for the stuff that says on the physical label recyclable a lot of it isn't so where that's ending up i do not know um, yeah and i i don't know i've i've heard or read that a lot of the stuff that you think gets recycled just gets dumped in third world countries yeah i don't know if that's true, I don't been, know if that's true. there's i think i want to say cuba was one of them we watched a documentary not too long ago um and they were they went to somewhere like Cuba or Mexico um, mm. and they just said this is where all the stuff that you think is getting recycled ending up it's and it's just acres and acres of just shit everywhere it's just just a mess um, but yeah cardboard I'm mm. not sure about I don't, I don't know if there's different types of cardboard um, I know we tend to try and we burn plain cardboard if anything comes in a delivery. Anything printed, we tend to uh, chuck yeah. it in a recycle bin. But yeah, it's a bit conflicting doing recycling at home because some of it you just think, well, that's not actually going to get recycled. It's probably going to end up in a in a field somewhere. But in landfill, yeah. you, you make the effort. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, I certainly make the effort as much as as much as the you know as much as is accepted. Um, and I do try to choose, like I said, you know, just in little things of mm. can I get this with less packaging or, you know, can I get it with cardboard rather than plastic. And But in my opinion, there's a, a bloody lot of stuff that could be packaged in cardboard yeah. that's still packaged in plastic, mm-hmm. um, you know, like fruit and vegetables and stuff. I mean, why don't they just have all of it loose and you just take what you want that's something that bugs me here that if I want to buy a 
um, well, you call it courgette, but I call it zucchini. Um, you know, you can only buy four in a cellophane packet. Why don't yeah. they just have them loose? Because actually this recipe, I want, I only need two. Um, and then I don't really like that vegetable very much, so I'm just going to chuck the rest away, um, for example. Yeah, I yeah, know. Yeah, you, you are right. No, they do. There's no, there's no reason for fruit and vegetables to be actually packaged in anything. No, there's, well, I, I, I don't know what they're called. Our Sainsbury's have just started doing um, like little mesh bags. Yeah. So you pick it yeah. up for like a pound and then you can just cram as much fruit and veg as you want in it. You just got to put it in individual, individually at the till by typing it in. But um, that doesn't mean they've reduced any of the multi-packs in plastic by any means. Uh, but the, mm. there is that option in Sainsbury's for certain now that you can do that um but there is i've noticed a lot of uh, fairy liquid have now started doing like milk cartons of fairy liquid rather than the plastic bottles they're slowly coming in which was interesting yeah. to see because they're but, they're pretty huge um andrew bought me a um oh it must have been last christmas i think or something yeah um it was a thing from sure it was from boots and it was a, a shower gel that i particularly like and mm. it was actually in a like a foil sachet with a little cap on it that you could no oh, i don't know where you got it from but i think you could go back and get a refill yes yeah like why can't more people do that stuff you know stuff you buy in a plastic bottle with a, a squirty top thing why can't I know there's some products that you can actually just go buy the refill rather than buying the the whole packet again. Yeah, I think a few shampoos did that as well with the tin pump cans, didn't they? You, you bought that and then a little uh, packet of the product, and then once that's run out, you keep the the tin pump yeah, can and yeah. then you just top it back up again. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I mean, God, thirty. 30-odd years ago, before the recycling thing was really a, a accepted mainstream thing, if you like, I used to, oh, God, people used to freak out. I used to take a little plastic Tupperware container to the supermarket and at the deli when I bought sort of stuff like chicken breast, say, for example, mm. and instead of having it in a plastic bag, I'd say, can you put it in this container? And most, and most people go, oh, oh. Oh, no, we can't do that. And I said, well, you can because I did it here last week. So all you do is put it on the scale, zero it, and then put the chicken in. Thank you. <laughs> Thank like, you. <laughs> like, oh, you. Oh, no, we're not allowed to. We can't do that. Oh, yeah, you can because you did it last week. So fucking do it again. <laughs> um, but that was, that, that was like I just got so many weird responses like, oh, what's this? Oh, this is weird. I have to do something different. Oh, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> that reminds me of when they stopped doing um, doggy bags in restaurants. You know, when people used to want to take their leftover food, food home, yeah, and then they yeah. stopped them doing it for um, fear of them getting food poisoning for not reheating it right and then suing the restaurant. Yeah. That's that's what yeah. it reminded me of with your little Tupperware bottles. <laughs> I think you can. Some places will still do that. 
or it's not sort of legislated. I like don't. The, no, it's not. I don't think it is because we went somewhere the other day and um, the woman had it put in a takeaway, a, a genuine takeaway box. They'd put it in for. Uh, yeah. 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 I've been at a few restaurants where we used to do it, and then they they scrapped it and said they weren't allowed to do it anymore. But. <laughs> <laughs> Those people are a bit silly. <laughs> but essentially it's already your food because you've paid for it. True, so you should, yeah. You should be able to like it. You should be able to do what you like sort of thing. <laughs> anyway. Carvery, that was it. We'd gone to to yeah. Toby Carvery and a woman had mounded a plate up and they gave her a takeaway box at the end. Oh, uh, were her eyes bigger than her belly? Yeah. Oh, it was fucking huge in here, honestly. She could have fed a family of six for a Family of four. Bad for nine ninety nine. All you can eat. <laughs> what time are oh, we hit on? Just bang on an hour, look. We are. We are. Have we got any more questions? That's all I've got at the minute. Um, That's been... it been a quite do you know what i've not even checked any of the emails for so long i probably need to go back through all them as well i keep forgetting <laughs> same with instagram i checked the messages on instagram the other day and there's one in there from a week after oh and it must have been after we talked about the um the mushroom killer um oh yeah 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 i did a message asking to have a look into a, a different killer thing that sounded quite interesting but I didn't pick it up for like a week afterwards because I'll just keep forgetting yeah. to check. So, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> oh dear. But I think it's bedtime, Anita. I'm so tired. Are you are you weary? And I've kept you up late because I slept for too long. Can't believe that. Honestly, we were up early anyway because the cats have got into a routine of just being absolute assholes until you get up and feed them at stupid o'clock so we've been up anyway so it's not been a How rude it wasn't an inconvenience okay. Anita <laughs> nice chilled morning alrighty so I shall see you hopefully next week yes I'll be I will uh, I'll set I'll set an alarm for <laughs> 8 o'clock and then another one for 8.05 I mean, they've even got a thing that if I don't turn it off, it comes on again in a couple of minutes. But Jesus, I must have been tired. You must there have been, yeah. <laughs> we'll let you off for that one. <laughs> oh. All right, well, darling. Lovely talking to you as always. You too. See you next time. I'll speak with you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.